So we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, for the most part. You know I jump around a little bit, but I, I think I put up most of the uh, cross-references on the um, slideshow. So, can you pass those out? Paul, will you pass those on that side too? These are just lined paper. I, I didn't make a worksheet, so you'll have to actually take notes. Um, the PowerPoint is available on the uh, website where the sermons are for Whole Heart. And if you are listening to podcasts, just know that you can hear all Whole Heart sermons on any podcast player. So you can just look up Whole Heart and you'll be able to subscribe to that and get notified every time we upload one. Usually within 24 hours or so of being uploaded to the website, it hits the podcast. So that's another way. And you can do that with all the fellowships. So you can listen to Faith Fellowship throughout the week or you can listen to Life or you can re-listen to Whole Heart. You can share it with your friends. Say, oh, this was really good. You're going through something here. Listen to this sermon that was at Whole Heart. It's on a podcast. So that's one of the cool things we have living in 2022 that we didn't have in 95 necessarily. So, all right. So, um, you are free to walk. Just not right now. Stay in your seat. All right. But you're free to walk. Um, that's sort of the gist, the idea, the heart's cry that I heard while reading Romans 8. Um, I've been reading Romans 8, oh, I don't know, two months now. Just writing down little things of each verse that I get from it. And when Mitch asked me to preach a few weeks ago, I was like, well, I've already been working on something. Even though I didn't have a single point made yet, but I knew God had already been working on my heart for this. So we're just going to look at the first eight verses. And yes, I did see that I missed a space. I'm going to point it out for the group. So everybody knows it won't bother you anymore. Um, you can tell it was bothering me, right? As soon as I put it up on the screen, I was like, you missed a space. But that's okay. That's okay. I did like this cool background. but And they all look like that. So you get to look at it a lot. 18 times to be exact. So, all right. Um, let's go ahead and read, uh, starting in verse 1, Romans chapter 8. Um, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God." lot going on there. Um, looking at back at verse 1, you see that there's a therefore, and so we always have to ask, what's that therefore? And you have to go back into chapter 7, and um, 
go back to verse uh, 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death, from the body of this sin, from my members that have this sin? Verse 25 of chapter 7. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And so then Paul goes into and he says, There is therefore now, right now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I forgot to put that up on the board, y'all. Sorry about that. There we go. Condemnation. It's a noun. It's the act of condemning, the judicial act of declaring one guilty and dooming him to punishment. For the judgment was by one, you know, Romans 5.16, the state of being condemned, the cause or reason of a sentence of condemnation. But who's condemned? Who is condemned? Look at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So the condemnation falls on those that are not in Christ Jesus. Wow, that is really small. Can you all even read that? No. no. <laughs> that's, that's what it does when you do it, let it do it yourself. So this has been a bane of my existence since I've been trying to do PowerPoint for preaching. I am horrible at it. It always happens to have this, or it's too big, and then you can't read it either. So, anyways, I do apologize. Again, it's online. If you have a smartphone, you can pull it up and zoom in. So, I do apologize. But we're going to move forward, and I'm going to just ignore that that's all going on. Those which are not in Christ are going to have, and have now, condemnation. But how do we get in Christ, you ask? Well, we look at Romans 10. Verses 9 through 11. Just flip over in your Bible or scroll in your app over to Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 9. It says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So then I have to ask the question because we can't go past verse 1 and understand what's going on if you're not in Christ. Because the biggest issue that you have to deal with right now is you have a, you have a judgment on you. You're guilty. You are in a state of condemning of being condemned every day that you're not in Christ. You're living under a death sentence. And so, I stop the whole sermon and just ask that you search your heart and make sure that you are in Christ. Because if you can't answer that I've confessed with my mouth and I believed in my heart, as Romans 9... Romans 10, 9-11 said, 
that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, then you're not saved. And if you walk out there and it's you laying on the sidewalk because of a medical issue or getting hit by a car or whatever might happen, it's going to be too late. Don't wait to be in a hospital bed to get right with Jesus. That's too late. So we asked the question this morning, are you in Christ? And if you can't answer that question, then you need to get with someone today. Come talk to me. Come talk to Shane. Come talk to Brian. Talk to Pastor Mitch. Talk to Michelle. Talk to somebody. Don't leave this morning and go slip on the ice and shatter all the vertebrae in your back so you're stuck in the bed for the rest of your life. See, I can get pretty dark. Well, no, I'm I'm there. Exactly. Take the time now to say, you know what? I need to know what it means to be in Christ. Mitch stole one of my points a little bit when he said, exactly, it was the Holy Spirit. But he he made it very distinct. You can know who Christ is without having faith in who Christ is. And so that's the difference here. No condemnation to them which have faith in Christ Jesus and are in Him. But then there's another caveat. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So point number two is we have a walk, right? And we're going to see this multiple times in the first four verses. This exact same statement. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So the word after means according to the direction and influence of. So when you walk after something, you're walking according to that direction or an influence of that thing. So what could be influencing us? What could be what could be we walking according to that direction? Two options. The flesh and the spirit. Well, let's go ahead and read one through four and then take a look at some of the characteristics of both of those. Look at verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Remember, chapter 7, he said that there's two laws. Verse 23 of 7, the law of sin which is in my members, but the law of Christ Jesus hath made me free from that law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So what did it say about the flesh there? One option to walk after. It's weak. The flesh was weak. It couldn't fulfill the law. Because we have that law of sin in us too. That's why Paul said, Hey, it's with my inward man I serve. I do. I care. I love what God is. But there's this other part of me that I can't stop. But Christ has set us free from that. The flesh is sinful. Verse 3. 
Um, I cheated just a smidge. I went to verse 11 for this next one. The flesh is dead. Look at verse 11, chapter 8, Romans 8. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. If you're walking after the flesh, you're walking after something that's dead. It's only through the power of the Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead that you can be quickened, you can be made alive. So that takes us to what the Spirit is. It's life. We just read that, Romans 8.11. But it's free. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Key point number one. Those in Christ Jesus are free. Does everybody understand that? I'm going to say something that is going to blow your mind. And I just want everyone to have a moment to get ready. Because I don't want anyone's head to explode. You ready? Yeah. Alright, here we go. You don't have to sin. You don't have to sin. Because you're free. You're free from the law of the sin in your mortal body. You have the choice now to walk after the Spirit and not the flesh. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be a battle. But you, when you get that temptation, you can say, you know what? I don't have to do that. See, we get stuck, and maybe it's just me, but we get stuck... I get stuck in this mode where it's just like, I can't stop these thoughts. I'm just, I I can't stop it. You're right, you can't. But you don't have to sit there. You don't have to live the same way every day. You can get off the hamster wheel and go walk after the Spirit and see something else. We We can be different today. Then we were yesterday. It doesn't matter how many times I fell yesterday. I can be different today. I can stand up. I can, I can get in my Bible. I can say, God, I need to hear from you right now. Because my world is collapsing. And he said, that's fine. Just stand on me. I'm your cornerstone. I'm your foundation. Doesn't matter when the ground falls away. Because guess what? You're standing on a solid rock. You can watch all the ground just melt away and turn to lava. And it won't matter. We just got a switch for Christmas. And um, we just found out that with an annual subscription, you can play all the games that I played when I was younger. <laughs> it puts me where my age is. But we're playing Mario Brothers, the original. And um, it, as I was playing in, my, in, in a break that I had, I was just thinking that when I jump on something that's solid I don't fall down but when I jump on something that's tenuous that's not solid that's maybe just solid for a second sometimes it falls out from underneath you 
And so you have to jump really quick. I'm not as fast as I used to be apparently because I played horrible. <laughs> but it is a really good example that standing on Christ, walking after the Spirit, is going to get us to a place where we can get away from being stuck in this mode, this cycle of sin. So, just to reiterate, those in Christ Jesus have been set free. Present tense. You are free. And you don't have to sin. You don't have to walk after your flesh. You don't have to walk under the influence of your flesh. I love saying it that way because it makes me think of somebody who's driving under the influence. What does that mean? That means they're impaired. It's harder for them to do things. They can hurt people. Right? Walking in your life under the influence of your flesh, you will get hurt. And you will hurt other people. If you've already accepted Jesus, you don't have to be there. Okay, I think I beat that horse. Romans 6, 16-19. That is a really bad example. We need to stop saying that. And by we, I mean me. That was a real big thing in the 90s. If you guys were ever in New England in the 90s, everyone was beating poor horses at the pulpit, and it just felt horrible for all the horses. Anyways, that was a bad joke. We're going to move on. All right, Romans 6, 16-19. See, my wife said I can't embarrass her because she's not here. I just took care of that. And it's recorded, so that's even better. Alright. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. Whether of sin unto death, there it is again, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye... were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart, remember we just read that in Romans 10, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. What form of doctrine? Well, Paul told us in Romans 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is what they obeyed from the heart. That form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became what? The servants of righteousness. There it is again. Free from sin. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants uncleanness into iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Paul is hitting the Roman church with you're free and I need you to now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. And remember as Pastor Mitch just said I can serve in the flesh. I can go down to the homeless shelter. I can go down to you know the family center. I can go down and, and, and give blankets to the cold homeless people. I can do that. And it makes me look good. Mm-hmm. And people are going to pat me on the back and say, Brandon, you're doing such a good job for this community. But if I'm not doing it 
as a servant to righteousness unto holiness, then it's a waste. I'll be honest with you, I've come to church to do ministry. But it wasn't here. It was just, well, i got to be there. And I, I, I think about those, and I just say, God, forgive me, because it's an opportunity. I lead the safety ministry. I'm out in the cold twice a month, or out in the heat twice a month, or in the rain, or in the snow, whatever it is. I love it. I mean, I don't really like it, but the, the Lord has blessed me with the ability to not care. Why? The army said, you're going to get wet, so go lay in that puddle for the next three hours in 20 degree weather because I said so. And I said, well, all right. Now God's like, hey, I'm telling you, you get to do this. Isn't this fun? Yes, Jesus. <laughs> but it is because when we're standing outside, it allows everybody else to hear what's going on inside. And if we can be a block to something that could distract you from hearing about Jesus and learning to get closer to Him and learning to know what it means to stand on Him, then let me be the one in front. Let me be the one leading in front and say, Jesus, we'll be your front line. Not that I'm going to war. Got to tell my brain that sometimes. But so we can talk to people. We can vet them before they come in and cause an issue. I can't tell you how many people we pray with in front of that sign because they didn't want to come on the property. But they wanted to talk to somebody. That's what we're out there for. That's what we're doing. We want to be yielding ourselves. Servants to righteousness unto holiness. You have the ability to choose because you're free. Does everybody know you're free now? Alright. I was about to turn the page. we got half a page left. Alright. Back to Romans 8. No, you probably haven't left. I did. Uh, starting in verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things that are of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life in peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So... Mind, point number three, verses five through eight. What does that mean? It's a verb. Okay? It's action. To attend to, to fix the thoughts on, to regard with attention. When I'm minding my children, what am I doing? What's that? Tending to them. I'm paying attention. I'm making sure my eight-year-old doesn't want to see if he can fly off the top step. Right? Sometimes Pokemon can be fun, but you're not a Pokemon. And this isn't a cartoon. Okay? We don't fly. So, that is my goal, is to have mom come back in uninjured children. 
Yeah. Right? <laughs> mostly intact is okay. I've gotten away with mostly intact before. So to mind something is to actively be attending to, to be fixing your thoughts on, to regard with attention. It's something that you are actively doing at that moment. <clears throat> so what does it say? For they that are after the flesh, so here again, we're walking after the flesh, we're walking after the Spirit, but they that are walking after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, do pay attention to, do fix their thoughts on, do regard with attention the things of the flesh. Why? Why if I'm walking after the flesh, if I'm chasing after the flesh, do I think about the flesh? Because that's what I'm doing. I'm actively walking in it, after it, chasing after it, trying to get there, and then I'm going to be thinking about it. I'm allowing it to control my whole body. My heart, my mind, my feet, my hands, all about the flesh. So it takes me to key point number two. What you follow after will set what you fix your thoughts and attention on. That's what it says, right? In verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Semicolon. That's it. Paul, Paul said this is what happens. You can't do one and not the other. They lead to the other one. It is a path. How many people have gone hiking before? So we got a few. We got a few. I'll raise hands for people on the Zoom. All right. How many people have gone hiking and then turned around and can't see the path? And had a little moment of panic? Brian being honest. Yes, my honest man. Tim being honest as well. I'll raise my hand. I got lost for an hour. It was a good time. <laughs> Fort Polk, Louisiana. Supposed to be doing land nav. I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. I hadn't done land nav in two years. They forgot to give me the memo. Got lost for an hour in the middle of literally nowhere in 100% humidity, 105 degrees. I stopped sweating. Now, being that I was in the Army, I knew what that meant. That meant I was dehydrated. Guess what? I was out of water. So I said, this perfect score on this land nav course, is that worth possibly not making it back home? No. I passed, because so I found two points. But if I would found three, I would have been the top 20 soldiers graduating from that class, and I would have gotten an award and a medal when I got back. I thought about it this much about just trying to push through and hoping that I could survive. But I knew that if I kept going, my body was going to give out. It might start with my kidneys, then to go to my liver, and my body would systematically start shutting down my organs because it said, we don't have any water. I'm just going to use the heart and lungs because that's all we need, really, kind of, to survive. That's a scary state to be in. My kids wonder why I harp on them about drink water, drink water, drink water. Dad, it's winter. I don't need to drink water. Actually, you can get 
dehydrated in the winter and you won't realize it because you won't feel thirsty. So drink water. Just, that's the <laughs> PSA announcement. <clears throat> I had to make a choice to follow after my flesh, to, 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 to the desire to be the best, to get that pat on the back, or get back to my family. Now, this wasn't wartime. This was here in the United States. Fort Polk is a horrible place, but it's nowhere near as bad as Iraq was. Nobody was shooting at me. That's a good thing. <coughs> but I made the choice to just walk back. Because I could I knew which direction that was. I didn't have to keep looking for the sign hidden behind a tree in between four bushes, 200 feet that way off the path. I could just turn around. I had marked where the path was on my compass. Walk to the path, take a right, and walk back to the truck where there was water. Free, glorious, drinkable water. And I did that. And the next day, I had the NCO that was in charge of our class take me aside and said, Sir Wilbur, what happened? I had you paid for the number one soldier in this entire class. You would have graduated with honors. You would have gotten all this stuff. And I said, you know what, Sergeant? I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Because guess what? I still graduated, right? So I still got that. I said, I don't care if I'm the number one. Because you've already told me that I'm the best NCO you've ever seen in all these other areas. So if I'm not good in one area, I don't care. But what we set our mind on, what we chase after, that's what we're going to be fixated on. I could have been fixated on this glory. I, I thought I was going to be in the military forever. 20 years. I thought I was a 20 year veteran. I was going to go to OCS, which is Officer Canyon School. I was going to get paid four times or five times as much as I was making. And I was going to be Lieutenant Wilbur. And people were going to have to salute me and do all this stuff. God said, no, that's not what I want for you. And I think it was Fort Polk, Louisiana, when I realized it didn't matter if I was the best soldier. Because God already had set me free. I already had my identity in Christ. And it didn't matter what the world thought about me. See, Mitch said it really good this morning. We're standing on the cornerstone, the foundation of Jesus Christ, that sets us apart from the rest of the world. Because we're on something that can't crumble. They're in quicksand. And they're pulling at branches that keep breaking. To try to pull themselves out. And some of us are standing on this cornerstone and looking at these people drowning in the quicksand and not caring. Because we're not willing to tell them, I got Jesus' hand, He can lean me down and I can help pull you up. Because I have faith in Jesus. And through my faith, I can share my faith so that you have an opportunity to have faith in Jesus. And then we can pull you up on your cornerstone.
your foundation and you can stop drowning. Can I just say, I thought as a kid, quicksand was going to be more of an issue in life <laughs> than it really is. How many people have actually seen quicksand in real life? Anybody? My parents used to all because there was quicksand behind the school in the woods. Don't go play in those woods, there's quicksand. I went looking for it. I couldn't find it. Thank goodness, right? I mean, I was the, I was the 12-year-old that was like, you know what, I'm going to go walk six miles in the woods to try to find this quicksand. And then I call my mom and she goes, why are you all the way at the grocery store? It's a 15-minute car ride. I just started looking for quicksand, Mom. <laughs> I had a couple weeks to think about that. <laughs> we won't talk about why. Okay. So we went into story mode. Let's get back to it. Key point. What you follow after will set what you fix your thoughts and attention on. Galatians 5, 16 through 25 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We learned that we're free from the law of sin and death. That we're free from having to serve the sin that is in our members. That we can yield ourselves to become servants of righteousness. That's a choice. But if you want to not fulfill the lust, the temptation, the things that your flesh wants, what do you have to do? Walk in Why? Because the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye, me, be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Is that what we want to be chasing after? (coughs) Because on Monday morning, it's real easy to start chasing after that. You say, oh, I wouldn't get into being witchcraft. Maybe. Choices, compromises, blurring the lines one little bit at a time. And then you look back and you say, how did I get way over here? And how do I get back there? And if you look at what happened when Jesus' parents left him, how long did it take him to find him? Three days. They walked one day away and it took them three days to find him. That's a principle. If you choose to follow after the flesh and leave following after the Spirit, it will take you time, effort, and sacrifice to get back to the starting point of when you left. We're not even saying getting back to growing. We're just saying getting back to the point of being and saying, I'm walking in the Spirit now. It takes time. But it's worth it. It's worth it to give up 
what you think you want and say, God, what do you want? But, oh, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now, look at this. We don't have time. This is a whole other sermon. Um, now, verse 19 of Galatians 5, it says, Now the works, plural, of the flesh. Right? But then, contrast that with verse 22. Fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit gives fruit in your life when you choose to walk after it. Right? You choose to mind the things of the Spirit by walking after the Spirit. And there's one fruit, and it's all these things. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's, to them which are in Christ, Jesus says, chapter 8, verse 1 says, they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Paul's not pulling any punches. Paul has told three different churches now that they need to be doing this in different forms of the other. But they all have the same message. You've been free. You've been freed. So act like a free person and go and do. point number three. Walking after the Spirit does not allow us to have capacity to follow the flesh. You're too busy. Your your time is taken up following after the Spirit. Your mind, you're thinking about it. Your thoughts are fixated on it. Your attention is pointed at it. Remember, Paul just told us, if you don't want to fulfill the lust of the flesh, walk in the Spirit. It's as simple as that. I say, walking after the Spirit takes away your ability to even think about the flesh. As long as you allow your mind to start minding it. Right? You're going to wake up, you're going to, or you're going to go get something happen at work and you're going to get mad and you're going to be five seconds from blowing up on somebody. Sorry, am I blocking you? No, you're good. good. Five seconds to blow up on somebody. Take two and pray. Take two and say, what does the Spirit want me to say? When your child, your wife who is a wonderful person or husband who's a wonderful person might have made the wrong decision is not walking after the Spirit and has decided that pressing your buttons is going to be their fun time today. That's never happened to me. Just put that out there. I might have been the one pushing. I don't know. 
<laughs> but if we're walking after the Spirit, then we're going to be minding the things of the Spirit and we're going to be treating people the way the Spirit would treat people. We're going to look at people through the eyes of God because we're having a Spirit on. And that person who cut you off isn't a blah, 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 words we're not going to say. Even though you thought them. There's somebody that God loves. And who knows what's going on in their life. And it's not my point to curse them because they're from Massachusetts. <laughs> Sorry, I'm from New Hampshire. It dies hard. It dies hard. They also don't know how to drive in Massachusetts. So, just if you do go to the Boston trip, don't be the one to drive. Just be like, not it. Touch my nose. Not me. I drove in Boston for a week. It was by the grace of God we didn't get in an accident. Three times. Alright. Our heart, feet, and mind are focused on God when we're walking after the Spirit. We're occupied. <clears throat> I am way long, so I do apologize. Let's just get through this really quick. I'll, I'll pick up the pace. Verse 6, chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What is minded? What's different between mind and minded? <coughs> carnally is an adverb. It's a description, but it's also a verb. In a carnal manner, according to the flesh. In a manner to gratify the flesh or sensual desire. So if I'm minding, if I'm fixing the thoughts on regarding with attention the flesh to gratify it, to have a sensual desire to give it what it wants, then I'm being carnally minded. But what does it say about carnally minded? For to be carnally minded is death. Plain and simple. Paul, again, not one to pull punches. He wants us to see the message that God had for us. Those who walk after the flesh are walking to being carnally minded. They are walking to be death. Spiritually minded is under the influence of the Holy Spirit, having the affections refined and elevated above and placed on God and His law, word. To be spiritually minded is what? Look at verse 6. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Worry, anxiety, stress, fear. What are those? 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you struggle with worrying, with anxiety, with stress, with fear, try walking in the Spirit. Try walking after the Spirit. Try being spiritually minded. And it brings life. And it brings peace. Those who walk after the Spirit are walking to be spiritually minded. 
verse 7, because the carnal mind, it said, remember, verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, it's death, because it is an enemy against God. It's enmity. Enmity is a fun word. It's hard to say. The quality of being an enemy, the opposite of friendship, ill will, hatred, unfriendly dispositions, malevolence. It expire it expresses more than aversion and less than malice and differs from displeasure and denoting a fixed or rooted hatred, whereas displeasure is more transient. It's a fixed and rooted hatred. The carnal mind is a rooted hatred against God. If you are in Christ, if you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you've confessed with your mouth, and you're living carnally, then you're living in hatred to God. And to everything that Jesus stood for, and what He allowed Himself to be hung on the cross for, Throw that away because you want to please your flesh. James 4 4 through 8 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, The Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But He, God, giveth more grace unto the humble. But He giveth more grace. Wherefore He saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded." Submit, draw nigh, get close to God by walking after the Spirit that leads to being spiritually minded, that leads to being submitted and yielded, that leads to drawing nigh, that leads to you being able to share what God is doing in your life with other people, to serve in righteousness. But the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God and neither indeed can be. A little behind on that. Key point number four. Those walking after the flesh and carnally minded cannot please God. Not in those circumstances. If you're walking after the flesh and you are looking to please your desires, you can't please God with anything that you do. Those walking after the Spirit and spiritually minded can please God. It's right there in the Bible. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But look at verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh... But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If you have accepted 
Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you have been set free. Free to walk after the Spirit. Free to learn His Word. Free to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Free to mind the things of the Spirit. Free to make a change of direction today. Free to be different than yesterday. Free to please God with your life. We don't have to sin. We don't have to live the same way we always have. Also, we can have peace in our lives, no matter the storm that's raging around us. But, you have to be spiritually minded to get that level of peace. They were singing a song earlier this morning, Fill my heart until all they see is you, Lord. Let my walk be after the Spirit so that my minding can be after the Spirit so that all they see is not me, but you, Lord. It starts with a choice. It ends with a lifetime of service for Christ. We just saw somebody end their race That could be one of us. If you haven't even started from the finish line, or from the starting line, you can't get to the finish line. Don't let the starting line be your finish line. Put on your running shoes. If you don't have any, buy some. How do I buy some? I get in front of this Word, and I start hearing what Christ has. If I don't understand what it says, I get help. Start growing one day at a time, one moment, one choice, one not compromising at a time. Let this week, tomorrow, today be the day that something is different in your life than it was two days ago, last year, the year before, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it doesn't matter. Let something be different. If there's something you're wrestling with, I don't want to go on that trip, Lord. I don't want to go there. God, I'm not willing to give you that. Let today be the day you say, dang it, I'm giving it to you, Lord, and I'm done playing games. That didn't feel good. It's fine. It's tingling just a smidge. But you know what that says to me? I have a stake that needs to go on the ground and I need to tell somebody what that stake is so they can hold me accountable. Is there something in your life that needs to be put down in the ground right now and you say, I am not going to be that way anymore. I need your help. Don't leave here today without doing that. We are 15 minutes past due, so I apologize. Grab your kids. eBay is not like selling people. But Sam always threatens, even though he's not here. He might try. All right, Lord, we just